Hey, to the point listeners, it's Chris. I want to put my CEO of Rhino hat on for a second and give a quick shout out to all the electricians listening to this particular episode. We've had a lot of success over the years doing digital marketing for some of our electricians. And uh, this year, 2021, we're going to put a big focus on serving more of you. So if you're interested whatsoever, reach out. We would love to come alongside and help you. We hope you enjoy this episode with the $10 million residential electrician company out of LA himself, Mr. Mario Camperano from Express Electrical Services. This is To The Point. A Rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. What's up, To The Point listeners? It's your boy, the host of To The Point Home Services Podcast, Cristiano, along with in studio, well, kind of someone else's studio-ish, studio-ish. Uh, Mr. Tall Paul, what's up, brother? Man, I am doing well. I'm so glad to be in Arizona, only to get into the actual studio and find out that our Wi-Fi is not working today. So we're down the street at a trench company, and it's amazing. Yeah, so uh, shout out to my friends uh, Charlie and Kelly Sanders from Arizona Trench Company, um, because we're literally sitting in their conference room because our Wi-Fi was out. And that causes a bit of a problem when you're uh, having to have internet connection. But you got a bigger problem, dude, because I'm kind of inspired by the culture here and kind of what they do. And I think I might leave and dig ditches, man. Yeah, dig trenches. A, nah. Um, you just got back from filing your nails. I mean, you never dig a trench. You never even looked at a trench. I you don't know, know what the hell you're talking about. So speaking of trenches, weren't you like laying in a trench last week killing innocent animals? My, do- <laughs> my daughter wanted me to bring that up with you. We need to talk about it. Um, yeah. So uh, ironically... I went uh, on my first hunting trip to Texas with Charlie, um, you know, who's now conference room where we're sitting in shooting this podcast. And, uh, and I did hunt and it wasn't, an, I mean, it's, listen, I don't know if you've ever been, uh, actually I do know you've never been hunting before, <laughs> never. Um, but it was a pretty neat experience. Um, I did keep all the meat, you know, so I'm excited to get that back and have all you know, steaks and all that other stuff. So I'd shot a fallow deer and um, it was pretty it was a, you know, me, man, I've done a lot of high risk, high adrenaline things and it was right up there. It was high adrenaline for sure. I wondered how I would feel. Yeah. Um, and it, I was surprisingly like, oh, like I was okay with it. You know, everybody else is wearing their camo, but you know me, man, I preach authenticity. I rolled up in my Timberlands and my two pairs of sweatpants and a rhino hoodie and I got after it. So it, see the camo didn't even matter. Man, and that is so Chris, because I would have spent like three weeks researching like the uh, fabric density at Cabela's and probably spent $3,000 on all this gear. Chris shows up in sweatpants, Timberlands and a hoodie and said, hand me the gun. So Mario, you'll appreciate this dude because I have, I don't have any camo. I got my balls busted mercifully the whole time by everybody, by everybody else who's in camo. So as we got into Arizona trench company today, they gave me an Arizona Trench camo shirt, so I've got some <laughs> official camo. The only place Chris's camo is at a boy band convention. Oh, really? Pot meat kettle? <laughs> Good grief. All right, let's get into it. Nobody wants to hear Paul's fiction uh, stories. So, hey, listen, we have a great guest on today, too. Um, we always have a great guest on. This one's going to be different, and let yep. me tell you why. Um, first off, as I've gotten to know Mario, um, Dude, his story is pretty awesome. And you know me, man. I love a good David versus Goliath story or a good comeback story and just success. You know, I get all the right <laughs> feels. Um, and this is one of those things. And um, and But what's interesting is that, I mean, this he's grown an electrical company and we'll have him, you know, in, in L.A., we'll have him tell more about it. But to an extremely successful um, level with a lot of really good values that you and I kind of mirror, Paul. So I'm anxious to get into it, but I want to welcome... Uh, the owner of Express Electrical Services, my man, Mario, to the show. What's up, brother? Yo, what's up, Chris, man? I appreciate you uh, taking the time to invite me on here to the point, you know, and I like the no bullshit zone, right? That's right, so man. Thanks for having me on, get man. To the point. That. Well, we get to the Well, we get to the point unless Paul starts talking and then shit goes sideways because he never gets to the point. He wants to ask 50 questions when we're trying to close, so just be prepared for that. How do you feel about yourself today, Chris? Hey, can I set some <laughs> context before we get into this? Can I just be, you know, transparent and authentic like we try to be? All right, we're looking at Mario. He's in a very nice office he's got the collar shirt on that's my style right super professional 
But he's got a little edge to him today because he fired up a stogie <laughs> at the beginning of this. <laughs> and so this is uh, this first time someone smoked a stogie on air. But uh, you're puff absolutely Keith. welcome. <laughs> puff Keith. You don't even know what that it's, means. I do. It's a stogie. You're right. I don't. Hey, Mario, is it yeah. the last name? Is it Camperano or Camp Camper Camperano? Wow. Uh, so. Campirano. Oh, so shit. Camperano, you would, but, right? you would put that's, the roll in good, there. Brother, right? That's Camperano. good. The way you said it the first time is good. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, we never actually had that conversation. I just assumed. And you know what happens when you assume, Paul? I do. Yeah. So I, my apologies. So listen, the pride of John H. Francis Polytechnic High School, home of the Patriots. <laughs> is yeah, that right? Home of the Patriots. Yep, yep. Dude, yep. I wish I knew that, Mario. I'll bet you got yeah. some stories to tell. Yep. So, but you're from, so are you from officially North Hollywood? Did I read that right? Or is that where you live now? No, that's where I was uh, born and raised in North Hollywood. Okay. Yeah. In the streets of North Hollywood? And and the streets of North Hollywood. Got it. Right. So to today, you've got uh, this amazing electrical company, um, arguably one of the best in uh, California, residential. Now you're mostly residential focused, right? That all we do is residential. Love it. So, um, but you, and now you have three locations. So you're in LA, LA County, LA though, uh, Riverside and Santa Ana. Is that right? That's right. Okay. But I know that that's not where you're like, we have this conversation next year. I bet it's a little bit different. So let's get into it. Are you ready? I'm ready, man. Hit me. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions ahead of time that literally have nothing to do with this show whatsoever. A couple icebreaker questions. Um, if you could have dinner, anybody dead or alive, who would it be? George Brazil. Wow. No shit. George Brazil. Dude, that was the most affirmative answer we've gotten since we've asked that question. That was huge. Uh, just so you know, listeners, we never prepped him for that question. So that was pretty impressive, Mario. You know your shit. Why George? Because I've got, I got to know him before he passed, and that guy was just full of knowledge and was so – he was such a blessing to me because he didn't hold back on giving free nuggets out there. And I just wanted to absorb more of it. And then when I heard about his passing, it, you know, it, it, it hit me because I learned quite a bit from him. Yeah. yeah. So for those who don't know who George Brazil is, a uh, monster company out here in the Southwest, um, and they did pretty much everything, right? HVAC, plumbing, electrical – Right. He started out here in Culver City, out here in Cali, and then, you know, relocated to Arizona, and then he grew a big monster. I mean, that's one of the first companies I've seen having a blimp out in Arizona, you know? Yes. I do recall. Awesome, right? Big company. Yeah, for sure. Talk about legacy. Like, you want someone to drop your name like that, right, when asked that question? That's pretty cool. Nice. What an honor. Okay. I feel kind of bad because I should have said my dad, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I should have said no, my papa. Hey, my dad. Right. It's all context. All good. Right. Yeah, I get it. It was just t- top of mind. So second question. Mario. Mario, the mean machine. Keparano. Nah, that didn't sound as good, but good. I tried. Not good. He's strapping on his gloves. He's got him on. Right glove, left glove. Glove walks out to the crowd for the boxing match of his life. What's his entrance song? That's a very good question. Um, I don't know how to answer that, right? Cause Paul's I, I, is Karma Chameleon <laughs> from Boy George. I, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, he does. But I have a feeling Boy um, George is not a compliment. You know what? I, I like that song from, from uh, Biggie Smalls. Um, oh. The song from Juicy. Oh, you know? We just listened to that on the way in today. We just on the way in today. Getting our mind that, right. But I'll tell you what. That song, that song always hits It was me, all a you dream. You, you better yeah. hope that your boys don't hear this because <laughs> that's East Coast. Yeah, and we're talking yeah, the heart of L.A. We're talking your West, West Side. Controversial. So uh, I Pick guess I don't have side. to ask. So does it, does this mean I don't have to ask the Tupac or Biggie? You know, you make you choose which one, which one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of both, man. I'm a fan of both. Old school hip-hop. I love it. All right, cool. Let's get into it, man. Listen, thanks again for coming on here today. I appreciate it. Appreciate you uh, working through our technical difficulties with the Wi-Fi situation because this is sure. going to be a great podcast, listeners. For those who don't know, I'm also the owner and CEO of a company called Rhino Strategic Solutions, which is a digital marketing company for the trade since 2008. So I'm like an OG Mario. Oh, look at him on this with the stogie. Oh, my goodness. In the trades. Um, and Paul, tall Paul, is our VP of sales. Uh, for a few more days. 
Yeah, so, and then I'm a trench digger, and now apparently. He's, now he's going into trench digging. He, he's going to get some calluses. <laughs> um, so let's go into it. Why don't you let our listeners know just kind of a little bit of the come up uh, from Mario. And because I because I really like the early stories that you kind of talked about, um, I think it's important for our listeners to understand um, what that come up looked like for you because, listen, man, you got locked up. You got rolled up. And, um, you know, a lot of, you know, I just am curious for everyone to know kind of how, what led you to that, to now this, you know, multi-million dollar, super successful electrical company in LA. So if you'd share that story. Well, that's a very good question. And I'd like to share my story. So, you know, and it has to do a lot where, where I was raised. I was, I was born and raised in North Hollywood and I was raised in a community where there was a lot of gangs involved and, you know, there was a lot of drugs and so forth and so on so you know as a kid when you're growing up in, in that type of community you you look up to some of your friends brothers and you know I, I had I had a few friends that had brothers that were into in other gangs and as we were growing up you know you look up to them and, and you start you know getting like a wow factor and you know I was raised by a father and a mother great people you know immigrants and but you know my father was was a, a pretty harsh person. He was an alcoholic and it was better not to be at home when he was home. Right. So ending up in the, in the streets and, and running, running in the streets and ended up turning into being a really bad drug addict, you know? So um, I was using some very, very heavy drugs and drugs lead, you know, led me to commit some crimes that um, led me to go to jail for some, quite some time. You know, I was in and out of jail um, I really didn't think, Chris, I want you to really understand this. I really didn't think that I was going to make it over 18 years old because there was a history behind all of our friends that we were growing up with that they were being shot and they were being killed and they were going to go do life in prison. So it was almost like you were you were shooting to actually hit 18 years old and your life was over. Yeah, that's so you crazy. Were, you were living you were living a fast paced life you know, in and out, in and out. And then we were only living within like a three mile zone of our community, mm -hmm. you know, coming out of a three mile zone. Now you're in a different neighborhood, but now you're getting wowed because you're like, Oh shit. I didn't know this existed. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. Is this sand? Is this, is this the beach? Is this what it looks like? Wow. But you don't get to enjoy that when you're, when you're involved in gangs, because now you got to watch your back. Now you're in somebody else's hood. Hey, question right? for you real quick. Let me, I don't mean to interrupt you. Question. Have you ever seen the movie Boys in the Hood? Yeah. Yeah, I have. And it's, uh. Is it like that? Like, or is that a little bit over the top? No, that's a little bit under the top. Oh, is it? Right. Damn. Right. So while you guys were too busy watching Boys from the Hood or Boys in the Hood, I was living the boys from the hood, oh, the, the real man. story, the real, how, how it, how deep it, it goes into. Um, yes, they touch on the life of a, a gang member, the life of a gangster. They do touch on it, but it, you, you know, there's caps in your life of how deep you want to get involved in gangs. And I got it. I got involved to the point where uh, I can't say I regret some of the things that I did. I can only tell you that, that it, I, I learned a lot from it sure. and it hurts my heart. Yeah. Right. But I have forgiven myself, right? I have forgiven myself. And I only that. serve one man, and that's yep. God. I only fear him. But getting involved in in gangs and, uh, you know, being a being a victim myself of being, you know, uh, shot at and stabbed and call it, you name it, and then being incarcerated. When I ended up doing a, a, a prison term stretch, that's when I realized who my friends were. Yep. Because at the end of the day, the only letters that I received – was for my mom. Got it. Wow. How long yeah. were you rolled up, Mario? So I did five years in the state penitentiary, right? Um, As a young man, 18, 19? 18. Okay. Damn. Yeah. Right. So, um, and I learned a lot from being in there. Yeah. Now, let me tell you my story about that. I went in there and I thought I was the man. I was, woo. Yeah. I was writing. I said, you know what? I made it to 18, but there's got to be a way out. You know, the history shows that our friends ain't making it. So let me uh, let me take this to the next level. So I started what we call being a writer in there. You know, I was like, all right, I can do this. I can I I can walk the walk. I can talk the talk. And I was. And then I ended up 
in the hole. I ended up doing what they call a, a shoe program, mm. right? That's when you, you're isolated, you know, and, and I can, I can go more deep into this, but I don't want to, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it just, it just taught me a lot. It, um, and it, and it taught me a lot. Yeah. So I'm curious to understand, and we'll get to this question, but, um, Dude. a lot of this stuff has shaped the human being that you are today. Um, but you know, what's kind of sad is one, the fact that you got, that you're saying that, um, you're just trying to make it to 18, like makes my heart hurt for you. Um, I can't imagine my kids ever thinking that way. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was as real as it could be for you and your friends and, and, and that sucks. So, but you could have went a couple ways with that and you, you know, obviously, you know, you, you did some shit and you got locked up and for five years, but you know what, even at that point, you're still young. And a lot of people would give up at that point, right? Like you would just be like, this is what it is. This is, this is how I'm going to, this is my life. But you didn't do that. You did at some point shift. So let's segue to that piece. Like, um, once you get out, you know, however many years later, five years later, whatever it was, then what? You know, once I got out, I got out and I, I started falling into the same, I started going into the same pattern because I had to parole back to my parents' home. And my parents lived in the middle of the infestation of all the drugs and all the gangs. And as soon as I got out, the word got out and I started falling back into that pattern. Do you get recruited back into that kind of stuff? Like they start coming at you and like, and then giving you like money. And cause it's kind of like a, uh, you need something. It's hard to get a job as a parolee. It's like, how does that go? Like they, is it is the peer pressure like start to get pretty crazy at that point? It does. I mean, you can get yourself involved into selling dope and all that. And, you know, I was not trying to go that route, mm -hmm. you know, um, but I, I I owe a lot to my wife. You know, my wife, Good her name's you. Roxy. Um, we call her Roxy for short. Her name's Roxanne because a month, well, maybe about three weeks after I paroled out of prison, I ended up meeting who's my wife now we got along we started dating and and um gave me an opportunity to move to la but going back to what you were saying about you know i'm out um i gotta thank my brother too as well because my brother got me a job as as a laborer in construction right but 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 get this you know when we used to get paid payday we used to have to all run to the bank because the about the checks used to bounce all the time yeah. right so it was it, it, you know, whoever made it first to the teller got paid. Whoever did it had to wait a few days, right? So with no money in your pocket, you also, you know, you start getting desperate and yeah. you start trying to see what else you can do to generate some some type of monies, right? Um, but I'm thankful that I didn't go back into that route. What was know? the breakthrough for you? Did you just get tired? Like, fuck, I'm tired. I'm over this. Like, I need to move on. You know, it's, it's, it, it has to do with a lot of, man, I just don't want to go back. I don't want to take one st step back. I was, you know, I had gotten in and out of jail. I was already very involved. Chris and, and, and Paul, when I tell you I was heavily into drugs, man, I was a dope fiend. I yeah. was into hard stuff. I was smoking PCP from Damn. the morning, from the time I woke up to the time I would go to sleep. Wow. I was doing, that was my drug of choice. Now, when people hear PCP, a lot of people don't know what it is, but it's a very strong drug. So when I tell you that I paroled and I got out and I didn't want to go back, but the drug temptation was just there. It was knocking on my door and I was fighting it and I was tossing and turning. And that's why I'm thankful that I met my wife because three weeks after, through all the temptation, I met her and we started dating. And two months later, I moved in with her. Yeah. Right. And I relocated. But again, going to your question, Paul is, or, or Chris, it's just I didn't want to go back to that shit, man. I didn't want to go back to that. Yeah, I you wonder. Know? It gets exhausting. When you say PCP, you know what it makes me think of, Paul? I don't even know what PCP is. <laughs> um, well, so it's a harder drug, <laughs> um, but it, it really uh, I've never done it either. Just as a, just so everybody knows, <clears throat> not saying I've not sure. done anything. I've just not done that. It better makes me. It makes me. Oh, here's a, here's how you'll know. You've seen the movie Friday, right? I have. Remember when Smokey was stuck in Debo's pigeon coop? I do. 
and he was running down the road. That was PCP. That's PCP. Now I know what it is. <laughs> there you go. So was it a gradual kind of shift toward getting clean or was it kind of like instantaneous? Did you just make a decision? No, I started getting, I started getting clean while I was incarcerated because while I want you to picture this in the, in the state penitentiary, it's almost like being in the streets, right there. You, you can get everything you can almost in the streets in there. Wow. So, so drugs were easy to come by, but I decided to um, start getting clean, you know, while I was incarcerated. So when I got out, I was clean. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I remember the day I got out, I ate two Big Macs. I used to love <laughs> McDonald's. But I don't eat that shit anymore. But, <laughs> no, you don't. Now you get up and up. run like 50 miles a morning. Yeah, yeah, stupid, yeah. I ran crazy. this morning too. Oh boy. Yeah. So yeah, let's talk cool. about the segue into electrical. Okay. So we know that Roxy's a lifesaver essentially. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she is. So, you know, when I moved in with Roxy, it was, I, I remember this day, like if it was yesterday, she's all like, well, let's find you a job. She, so she opened up the phone book, dude. Right. So she opened up the phone book. She started looking like, let's call these places. Let's call these places. And I'm over here. Like, here's one thing that happened to me. I moved into her parents' home. I have never, ever, ever lived in a house. We've always been raised in apartment buildings. Yeah. So my first weekend at my wife's parents' home, I'm sitting in the porch and I'm saying, what the fuck is this? Because there's <laughs> silence. Yeah. There's nobody running from the police. There's no helicopters above us. There's just silence. And I, I'm looking at my wife and I'm like, hey, you got to excuse me. But I ain't used to this type of life and it's making me anxious. It's yeah. making me like I don't belong here. It making me feel like your neighbors are judging me when I know they're not. It's just, this is not who I am. Anyhow, when we started looking for a job, um, I didn't know how to react when a, a female is trying to help me look for a job. Right. So yeah. I walked away and I went to the nearest labor ready. Have you guys ever heard of that? I don't even know if they exist anymore. Is that, labor one, of those, ready? Is that one of those placement? Like they'll place you in different places, like a uh, right. temporary An agency. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I went there, signed up, and they said had sure, to disclose you're a convict, right? <laughs> right. You so yeah. I would always leave that section unchecked. Yeah. Right. Sure. Lady the odds. Yeah. And you know they sent me out to work, just odd jobs, you know whatnot. Then I found a organization. My wife actually found them in the phone books. An organization that actually just dedicated themselves to getting labor people or tradesmen. It was called. Is it okay if I say the name? Sure, first? of course. Yeah. So out here in L.A., it, it used to be called the uh, Contractors Labor Pool, and it, they had an acronym CLP. So I went out there. I signed up for it. And first day they called me and I said, they said, hey, we got a project from you down the street from your house. Went to it and it was at the park. And here is five electricians. And they said, hey, are you Mario? I said, I sure am. They said, hey, we need you to dig a trench. And I'm like, all right, cool, let's do it. Shit, I can do that shit all day long. Look at you. Wow. Oh, I love it. I just one, love brother. the universe. I love being a part of it. This is amazing. A trench. And we're sitting in right. a trench company. So I dug about a thousand foot trench in about a couple weeks by myself. Matter of fact, I earned the nickname from my peers. They called me the Mexican Trencher. That's what they called me. The electricians that I was working with, there was not a single Mexican there. They, yeah. they were all white, right? So they were all white guys. And then I earned the name Mexican Trencher. And they were fucking amazed how fast I dug this fucking trench. A thousand feet trench. Zigzag because I was at a park for a baseball field. Yep. For two baseball fields. And I earned the name after three days. Hey, here comes the Mexican Trencher. Hey, I need a trench here. Fucking just trench the log. <laughs> you know, that's what I did. I'm a trencher. Yeah. But I gained their respect. Yes, I got offended by some of the names that were calling me, but I had to realize that at that time that I had a family, um, not, well, my wife wasn't pregnant just yet, but I understood that I needed to contribute to the income of the household of where I was living at. So So, what was it like when you had their respect for something that was honorable? Right. It was, uh, it's pretty cool because it was a different culture that I wasn't I wasn't uh, brought up with, right? Yeah. So when I looked at them, I was like, "Can I get along with these guys?" You know, I, I've I've only been raised with Hispanics, Mexican Americans, 
you know, Mexicans, and then to be around Caucasians, or if if it's okay with you using the word white, you know, when I was around, totally. you know, white people, and they were giving me thumbs up and kudos, I wasn't used to that shit. Yeah, I was used to the white man arresting me, you know, throwing me up against the wall and searching me, and now getting, you know, getting the respect from from my fellow peers, you know, gave me an understanding that there was opportunity out there. Pretty cool right? moment. You'd say that was a pretty pivotal moment then in the shift for you, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. yeah, especially, so get this, especially when the owner of the company came out, it was a small organization, it was about maybe seven electricians, the owner came out and he goes, you did, you dug all this, you dug all these trenches already? And I said, yes, sir. He says, all right, you're a keeper. Wow. You're a keeper. I'm going to keep you. And get this, I thought this guy was white, but the owner was Cuban, like straight up, he ah. just looked white, man, you know, so I always talked to him. And then one day... I seen that he was. I seen that he was. Uh, he had a Spanish, la- uh, uh, Hispanic last name. So I started talking to him in Spanish, and he turned around and he says, "Hey, we're in America, brother. You don't talk to me here in Spanish. We wow. talk English." I said, Whoa. <laughs> right? Anyhow, I, I gotta thank. Uh, his name is Roland Noriega. I, I have to thank him because he gave me the opportunity. I went from becoming a labor guy digging trenches to becoming the driver to drop off material to becoming the helper of the electrician to three years later, now listen to this, three years later, running two 10-man crews on TIs. I was running them. I was running the jobs. And I and I was so young that I had such a fast pace on doing these type of jobs that, you know, as I was going, as I was doing these jobs, he was giving me bonuses because he's all like, man, you finished ahead of schedule. Sweet. But then he started bidding the jobs to where now he started putting pressure on me, like saying, hey, you're not finishing the jobs on time. And I'm like, fucker, I'm giving you as fast as I can. And yeah. I'm still finishing them on time. You get it? Yep. So yep. yep. that's where the that, and that's where my life shifted when that that when that relationship came to an end. And where'd you go from there? You know, it's a funny it's a funny thing. Um, there's a supermarket out here called Food for Less. Yep. And as I was walking into Food for Less in our community. I seen a a um, a friend of mine that was a plumber when we used to do TIs. His name was Jose, and I ran into him and I said, "Hey, Jose, what's going on? Haven't seen you at the job. We we, uh, we chopped it up for a bit." And he says, "Hey, I left that plumbing company and I went to go work for a company called Pick Red out of Los Angeles, and they do service work and they pay different, dude. You got to check them out. Here's my here's my number. Call me." He said, "You see the van in the parking lot? Big old Ford extended Ford version van." He said, "That's the van I drive." I said, cool. That was it. Just got the number. Didn't do nothing with him. Three weeks later, I ran into him again. But now I ran into him at the exit. Hey, you need to go. Trust me on it. You need to go. So I went. I took a two-week vacation from the company I was working at. And I went. Sat down with the owners. I was electrician number seven when I got hired there at that company. And the first week... I went back with the van that they gave me and I was turning in the keys and I said, Rob, this ain't for me, man. I, 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 you guys want me to go to somebody's home. You guys want me to give pricing and this, this ain't for me, man. And he goes, and he started laughing at me. You know, it was an Armenian guy started laughing at me and he said, you need to be patient and you need to learn here. I'm going to teach you something. Sat me down. He told me, Hey, this is how you present pricing. Cause they didn't have any training. They just gave you everything to tell you to go. He gave me some training. He goes, give it one more week. He goes, you got one more week on vacation. Give it one more week. If it doesn't work, I'll respect it. So I went out on the field. First job I went to, you know, I sold the rewire. Second job I went to, sold a panel. Third job I went to, sold a partial rewire. Make a long story short, I seen my first check when I got it. This, he sat me down. He says, your two weeks are up. This is how much your paycheck's going to look like. $17,000. <laughs> And I was like, okay, well, is that for the year or how, how does it work, right? Granted, I was coming from a company that was paying me $13.25 an hour, yeah. right, for running running two 10-man crews. And I was like, okay, so how are you going to pay me the $17,000? Is that paid like in a year, in a year, like broken down? He's like, no, this is how your paycheck's going to look on the next payday. You're like, damn. And I'm like, okay, so, so, so let me, I, I was still floored. I was like, no, 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 explain it to me one more time. <sighs> All right, all right, cool. I said, let me think about it. I didn't even give him a yes. I left, told my wife, hey, these fuckers say they're going to pay me 17 grand. You believe that shit? Friday. So, yeah. So, anyways, 
I went back to work for the company and sure enough, I uh, went to pick up my check the following Tuesday and I had a check there. And it was heavy. After taxes and everything for $14,000, right? So, And you're in your uh, 20s at this time still? Yeah. In the 80s? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wow. And I didn't believe in banks, you know, so I believed in rolling up the money. You had rubber like band, the movie shows rubber band rubber banks. Yep. Rubber boxes. band banks. I got a funny, I got a funny story that on that remind me to tell you about that the, the stocking up on cash without a bank uh, but <laughs> anyhow i went back and i worked for this company and i became their number one service tech within that year uh within the first year of being with that company i, I generated a million dollars in sales and then the second year i generated 1.2 million dollars in sales right and a lot of people say how can you an electrician generate that kind of revenue I said, because the necessity is fucking real and the hustle is fucking real. Because when you know you got kids and you know that you got to hustle and you got a family to feed, you can't let the bullshit mind thoughts that that we all get. Don't fucking do it. You can't fucking do it. Well, you know what? I'm going to challenge you and I'm going to fucking do it. And I'm going to prove it to everybody (laughs) that I can fucking do it. Love it. I ended up making so much money that I, you guys know the wall heaters out here in California. They use a lot of wall heaters. Yep. So. I disconnected the gas. I capped it because we didn't use the, the wall heater. And I used to stuff all my cash in the wall heater. Boom, boom. <laughs> wow. And then one day I walked in, right? This was at a rental home. I walked in with my wife and I said, fuck, we got fucking robbed. Because the cash was laying on the floor, right? And I said, son of a bitch, they got us, man. And she goes, well, nobody broke in. What are you talking about? I said, look at the money. They, they must have took some of it. But it wasn't. It's just that it fell down because it got too heavy, <laughs> right? From stashing it up there, just boom, it came down, right? So my wife said, you know what? Enough is enough. Uh, I know you don't believe in banks, but we got to take some of this cash to the bank. And that was my first checking account ever. And I still got that checking account today at a credit union. SmartAC.com. SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Nice. So you were how old with then when you get, when that happened? 28 years old. 28 years old? Yeah. I want to lean into that a little bit more because what you talked about was it was poetic in nature about like having the hustle and the grit and, you know, doing what you need to do yep. to support your family, but you have to do it the right way, right? Talk to me about how you become that successful, but also you know, toe the line of being, you know, having integrity and doing it the right way and communicating well and making sure that homeowners are getting what they need and not too much of what they need. Cause there's a lot of people out there who have got an opportunity to, you know, be in the gray area when they go into someone's attic or at their panel or whatever that might be. So how do you do that? You know, that's, that, that's a very good question. You know, um, I have a spiritual relationship with God mm-hmm. and, and I ain't going to be ashamed to say this because I trust him tremendously there's a couple things that I that, that there's a couple things that I promised to God. I said I will not I will not steal and cheat if you help me. Mm-hmm. I will I will carry my integrity and be honest, right? Now there's a lot of people that talk about when you pay somebody commission, they're going to sell something to somebody that they don't need. Well, I call bullshit on that. If you train your people the right way and they carry their integrity high and they're honest about it, there is so always something wrong in somebody's home that needs to be brought to their attention. Because I have a saying here in the company. Mm-hmm. I say, we share what we share um, with our customers on what they need, what they don't know they need. Yeah. Because the customer's calling us not knowing what needs to be repaired. Once we do the evaluation in somebody's home, then we're gonna educate them, we're gonna educate them on what they need, what they don't know they need. Sure. It's just like when you take your car sure. to a mechanic, sure. you're gonna get an oil change, but they're telling you, hey, you gotta flush your radiator, you gotta flush your, your brake fluid. You don't know that, right. but they're educating you that you do. Right. Right. So, again, hopefully that answered your it question. Does. But, I, yeah. you know, I, I, I start getting on fire when I start talking about this. And I don't know if you can see that. I can't. Oh, yeah. There's smoke I, I in the background. I do. 
Oh, that's I the love, stogie. I love what I do. I love how I train my techs, and I can get more into that shortly. But yeah. we can. Uh, I don't want to go no. out of what we're talking no, about. No, you're fine, Chris. Can I? I yep. Can I take this next section? Sure. All right. So I want you. So you're doing so well, right? You're hiding money in your house. How did you transition to opening your own company? Well, let me let me share with you what happened here. So. This mega company that I joined got themselves in, in, in trouble and channel seven and channel four ran in. Oh boy. Right. They're never and good they in were, any market. <laughs> right. So as they were running in, I was running out. I was like, what the hell is going on here? I called the, the manager and I said, Hey, what's going on? Keep in mind, I was electrician number seven. I was technician of the whole company, uh, like technician number 20. By the time I left the company, which now forwarding back up to 19, the ending of 1998, they were at 250 techs, right? So <clears throat> I left the company because they started getting bad publicity and I didn't want to be part of that. Sure. So I went to go work for another service company named Express Electrical Services. And that's the company that I acquired today, right? I ended up acquiring that company, right? So but I also got fired from that company <laughs> before or after wait, right. wait a second. <laughs> Go ahead. You guys are digging it. You guys are digging into my damn brain, bro. No, you guys I are digging this. up some shit. Wait, I hope I know. Uh, I know. Okay. I know where you're going. You hope that they fired him and he went back in and bought him. Please, please podcast gods. Take us there. So here, let me, let me go into this real quick. I became a million dollar service tech at the company Express Electrical Services. I was, my head got really high. I became a fucking diva and I hate that shit, but it, it's reality who I became. And the owner of Express Electrical Services called me, called me into his office. I walked in and he says, we need to talk Russian guy. He was a, a Russian, he, uh, rest, you know, rest his soul, Ilya, Ilya um, called me in his office and I sat down and I said, what's up? And um, every word that came out of his mouth was motherfucker, fuck this, fuck that. And he goes, here's your last check. And I said, what? I said, you can't afford to fire me. I'm the one that's generating most of all your fucking revenue, bro. And he says, you're a million dollar fucking headache. Mm. He says, I was in business before you came to my office and I'll still be in business tomorrow. Right. I ended up acquiring that company in 2013, bro. Unreal. Right. So many years later, fast forwarding, that's what led me into also starting my own organization, you know, and keep in mind that I was getting also other opportunities at other service companies. But when my background record would come back, I would get fired, yep. you know, and it's just that opportunity, you know, you would fire, you get fired, I get fired, I get fired. Some of them would ignore it. Um, but then they would use that excuse saying, hey, we have to let you go because your background came back. Yeah. And when I so get this, when I got fired from Express Electrical Services because of my attitude. I said, I can do this shit on my own. So I kept myself busy two, three weeks with a couple friends here and there. And then nothing, nothing, nothing. I, I didn't know about fucking marketing. What the fuck is that? Mm -hmm. Right. And. Everywhere I was trying to go apply, and, and I don't want to name these these, these, sure, big, the, these big organizations that are still out there here in LA. Um, you know, they were I was doing ride-alongs, and I would I was selling for them, and then my record would come back and say, "Hey, we can't use you because of your record." Hey, we, and it was so many fucking no's, bro. So many no's. It was fucking incredible. But anyhow, you know, uh, I begged for my job back. I went back humbled to the owner, and I said. I respect you. I understand what you're telling me. I understand where my weakness is at. And I give you my word that I will be a better man if you give me a second opportunity. Solid. Solid. And he said, I'm going to give you the second opportunity. So then I started becoming a, a, I started focusing on myself, spiritually, mentally, biting my tongue. And through that transition, I, told them that I was going to go on on my own. And now we're fast forwarding into 2002. And that's when I decided to go out on my own. 
and um, push for it. But also keep in mind that I decided to go on my own because I was getting a lot of no's everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I didn't like the company where I was working for his culture, but I respected him because he gave me a second opportunity. You know what that means when somebody actually believes in you and gives you a second opportunity? Yeah. Like you really need to be in that position where somebody's actually believing in you. Right. So yep. here we are, fast forward, and now I'm starting my business. And I started my business and it was called Try Me Electric. Now yeah. Try Me. <laughs> try me. Check it out. I'm gonna show you a Polaroid, bro. A Polaroid. I keep this, I keep this in my desk to know who I am, bro. Oh, I love it. Oh, you should get that van and roll it around. Right. We got to get a picture a used, of this and post it. A used 1985 truck from Verizon, yep. a phone company. I was so excited. went went to go buy it at the auction. drove it out of the drove it out of the auction lot, and it broke down on the driveway of, of leaving the auction, bro. Oh. You know, talk talk about talk about fucked up, right? <laughs> how to get how to how to get a tow truck to get it home after just buying the shit, but. Hey, you have to text me a picture of that. Will you please, even if yeah, I don't yeah, care, absolutely. send it to me. Absolutely. Thank you. So, you know, after after uh, starting the company, Try Me Electric, the, the reason I named it that is because I just wanted people to, to give try me you? an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Just try me out. Try you know, out. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there. I'm going to be there for you when you want me to be there. And, you know, that, man, I can get into a damn deep <laughs> stories of, of, of trying me. Um, I ended up doing service work. I ended up marketing myself very little from what I, I educated myself and asking questions. But then I took a, a, a really deep turn, man. I, 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 instead of staying on a path, I, I took a left and ended up getting lost, man. Yeah. You know, I became a huge electrical contractor in construction and tilt up buildings. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> right. And we all make mistakes, right? So, one one of my early mistakes in life and what one of the biggest mistakes I've made and, and what made me who I am today was when I received a letter from a bankruptcy court after just having dinner with a contractor named Bobby Holcomb owed me $300,000 having dinner. Then here comes Monday morning. I'm doing three projects for him and it's from, from the bankruptcy court and it's from his company. Mm. And the first one written off on that bankruptcy is fucking me, my company. And I'm oh. like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, I, I had a column. You know, I had a column and, I, and I'm like, hey, Bobby, what's up, dude? What's going on, man? And um, did you have to? So I can only imagine the panic that sets in because that's a decent chunk of change. Yo's. And. And also probably a little bit of, uh, of it's got to hurt a little bit too, that you were the first one written off of that thing and you just had dinner, but those are all, those are actually, I can, I know that is probably obviously like you got passionate about when you're talking about it, but those things also now shifted you to kind of this residential focus. I'm assuming, right. That's where this is going to go. That's, that's, that's where, that's where, uh, that's where I did the shift. Yeah. I figured. You know what he told me, Chris? Mm -hmm. Nobody told me. What's that? He took my call. He took my call. Said, Bobby, we just had dinner, man. What the hell's going on? Hey, Mario, we're still friends. Don't take it personal. It's just business, bro. You know what I wanted to do, though, right? I wanted I to go wring his neck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you wanted to go. I remember, pa- I remember pacing back and forth that night in my room, and, and, and I didn't have the nerve to tell my wife that we were about to go under. Oh, man. Ooh. Fuck, you know that feeling, bro, when you're pacing back and forth and you can't sleep and your wife's asking you, like, what the fuck's going on with you? And I'm like, nothing. I'm good. And then and, and uh, she's the one that was doing the books. Yeah. And you're pacing. And then you just got to tell her. I said, hey, sweetheart, uh, Bobby ain't going to pay us, man. We uh, motherfucker owes us 300000 and he ain't paying. That's a real moment. Sleep. She start, you know. That's a real moment. So. Well, so let's. Yeah, I'm almost getting like a knot in my. I'm almost getting like a <laughs> knot in my throat because that shit was kind of fucking tough, bro. Yeah. But here's what I did. Here's what I did. I sat down. I I, I woke. I stood up that night. <clears throat> Hold up. I need to gather myself. So I, I stood up that night and I promised myself that I'm gonna go back to being a fucking service technician. I'm gonna have to lay everybody off and only keep the good guys. And I'm gonna fucking push hard. 
I'm going to talk to the supply houses that I owe them money. And I'm just going to have to pay the interest on credit cards that I owe. And to the grace of God, I didn't have to file bankruptcy, wow, man. Good. You know, I went back to being a service tech. I kept about six guys with me and I started being the salesman myself. And boom, that's where the change started happening. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the change started happening. You know, it's like I went back into service. Mario, what year know? was that? What year was that? I'm trying to get a gauge for a timeline. 2000, 2011. 11, got it. Okay. So now you've kind of got yeah. this. You've gone, you've gone through phases of transitions, which I think is pretty normal in ownership, but just in different in different ways. But so yeah. you kind of hit this new uh, foundation from another awful way to learn by you know not getting paid out and that you had to lay people off, which is awful. I've never th- thank God I've never had to to do that. But um, I'm an empathetic guy, man, so I can only imagine how that felt for you. Yeah. Um, to have to do that and impact those people's families. So now you go into, I mean, um, in 2011, this is now got 10 years, 10 years ago. Jeez. Yeah. Um, so I'm anxious to hear about this back half because this is where you probably really hit a major stride. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. I started, you know, looking out there, um, started looking at other organizations to join, you know, to educate myself in service, how to build up, you know, the perfect service company. And I don't have the perfect service company whatsoever, but I have great people behind me right now. Um, You know, I started looking at, at ESI, you know, from success, from the success group. I started looking at next star service round table. Um, I even got suckered into buying a franchise, bro. But thank <laughs> goodness I got out of that shit. <laughs> no, don't don't tell me which one. <laughs> no, no, I mean, come on. There's only two in the industry that are electrical, but I got suckered into buying one of them. Got right? it. Okay, but noted. Got out of that. Got out of that jungle. Noted. You know? Noted. So what's what is ESI? What's ESI? Electrician Success International. So, so let's talk about, can I talk about that for a second? I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know who they are, but um, what are some of these like key partnerships like that? Cause if, if you, I don't know if you became a member of it or, or any of the other organizations, but what was there one or a few that kind of helped guide you that you can lean on for resources and things like that along the way? There is. And, and, and I got, and if it's all right to say this, sure. um, but I got to thank a lot of my success on, on molding me and structuring me correctly to uh, next star. Okay. Right. A lot of people so, do. Yeah. So uh, to my coaches from next star, you know, if they're, they ever get to hear this, a shout out to Jim Hamilton, great guy, you know, molded me and educated me. And, you know, when I joined, uh, when I joined next star, I was only doing 400,000 a year. Right. So uh, in service. So, it's been a blessing, and they they taught me quite a bit. And you're at where now? Well, we want to we want to get out of the ten million dollars zone. <laughs> where we want to get out. Gotcha. Of, right? And strictly, I only do electrical. You know, for your audience, not I don't do no plumbing. I don't do no HVAC. I am strictly an electrical service company for residential service work only. Right? It's all we push. Right? Love it's it. all we do. It takes a little discipline to stay in the lane, but you've learned that. Um, oh, I, shit, I learned that the fucking hard way. <laughs> Let me tell you, bro. I want to you know? lean into something you talked about, and this is kind of off script, but you talked about, you know, you, one of your big breakthroughs was someone giving you a second chance, right? How does yeah. that inform how you treat people now, how you hire people, and how you've grown your business? A very good question. Um, we actually have an in-house drug rehab program because we believe we believe in second chances, Um We've had people that were addicted to um, methamphetamine and uh, because of the program, they became clean. Uh, We've had, we have an alcohol program and because of the program, we've had somebody, we've had someone go through the program of alcohol and became clean. Believe it or not, alcohol is just as damn drug, you know. The reason I chose to do that is because I believe in second chances because I was given a second right. chance. So I believe in, in structuring and making sure that I can give somebody a second chance. As far as what do we do to hire is we reach out to our community. We, we get a lot of referrals from our own electricians. We like to groom our own techs. Of course, yeah. We've noticed that when we hire people with experience, they already come with some 
what, what can I tell you? They, they just come with bad habits. They Ego. just come with bad habits yeah. that don't fit our culture. Sure. You know, that's common. Yeah. So we have some good apprentices right now. We put them through an apprenticeship program. You know, they'll write along, they'll write along with somebody for about a year um, or, or before a year, they end up graduating to get into a truck on their own, you know? So, so what I love about this is, and I was hoping, like, I knew we were going to get to that part of the story because I did want to talk about it. And I do think yeah. that giving second chances is a, uh, is a very, I mean, that's awesome. I love that you do it and I understand where it's coming from and it not all, it doesn't always go right. Right. But you can't, you can only control so much. You're just putting the, you're helping put it in place. They still have to follow that path and then hopefully they can turn into, you know, great employees that help you continue to grow. Cause obviously, you know, you know, a lot of times it's a, uh, not so much even a leads game as it is a body's game. Yeah, and absolutely. Uh, so I want to, I want to segue into that unless you have anything else, TP. No, no, go right ahead. Um, so let's talk about this for our electricians listening to it of all shapes and sizes. Um, now you're residentially focused. So most, so his remember listeners, like his responses are geared towards that. But what in your opinion, um, once you realize like shit, I have to, I do have to market this thing, you know, like to be able to bring in new customers, like what has kind of been some of the best avenues that you've, you know, that you've used for marketing. And if you don't mind, like, is there like a, Hey, this is one offer that we use. That's you know that's the been the most appealing. So just a couple little nuggets that somebody might be able to take away if they're sitting in, you know, Kentucky, Indiana, Colorado, wherever they're at, and and that they can implement to their electrical company. So again, we we're like any other organization. We're deep into AdWords. Um, you know, we don't use we don't use our homepage website as our AdWords, it is attached to it, but the AdWords is a call of action, right? Sure. Yep. What we, what we've seen that works for AdWords for us is showing um, the special for the day. How much are they going to get off for that day? Right. And also if you're trying to click away from our website, it doesn't let you, you got to click it off like two or three times because we'll throw a coupon in your face and we say, call now in the next three minutes and you're going to get X amount of dollars off. And we've noticed that when people are trying to click off based on the reports that we receive, that the conversion rate goes up once that coupon comes in their face. Mm -hmm. Love right? it. Yep. Of course. So, um, gotta love LSA, right? Yeah. Which, AKA Google Home Services. Google Home Services. Yeah. Hey, dude, you know what? They used to, they used to, uh, <laughs> I won't mention the other marketing companies that are on there, but everybody thought I was crying wolf, Chris. When I was reading about LSA, being out in San Francisco, I said, this shit's going to hit LA and I want to, and I want to be ready for this. Yep. So I reached out to the marketing company that I was with at that point. They said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it when it comes. Don't worry about it. Fuck no. I yeah, reached out yeah. to like it's they five different ready. marketing companies, brother. They were all telling me, man, stop. Then I heard a rumor say that they call me the crying wolf about Google home services. Well, get this. Google home services got released in 2017, the, the, the July 3rd for electrical. For electrical in Los Angeles, I was the only motherfucker approved on LSA, and my fucking phone was blowing the shit up, bro. Love the it. only one. I was the only one up there, Chris. <laughs> so, fucking my for the first three days, July third, fourth, fifth. Remember, we have Fourth of July. I had over two hundred service calls. Yeah, that's phenomenal. <clears throat> Yo, that's a pretty lucky yeah. spot to be in. So, for those listening for the first time, right? So. They know now. But also, I want, I want the other companies that are listening to this that, that, that have asked me the, the question of marketing, you know, they, they have to think outside the box, right? They, they have to make sure that, you know, they can use the Nextdoor app to their advantage. They can, oh, yeah. they can go to Facebook and start, and start doing Facebook Live um, or, the, or, or shoot a, a video of the project they're doing. There's nothing like actually making it look authentic. Like, it don't is. be fake about it. Grab the damn cell phone and be like, hey, check it out. We're changing out this panel right now. We're in the neighborhood. We're in your community. We can come out. We're uh, hiring, by the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> Shit. Come on board. You know, once, Paul's, you, Paul's you know, leaving and going to Arizona Trench Company, so we got room. <laughs> yeah, let's, fuck yeah, Paul, let's do it. Bro. The <laughs> I don't know, I need you. No, the what? Oh, my gosh. Hey, so qu quick question in regards yeah. to marketing. Have you used any call to actions like um, – like any specific guarantees that you realize that some people are kind of oh. hesitant about guarantees. And then, and then right. we, 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 we do, and we still do to today, Chris. And that's one of our promises to our customers is that if you ain't a hundred percent satisfied with our work, 
you ain't got to pay us a damn dime. Wow. Okay. And you guys, right. like that's. Yeah. So, so for us, it's, it's all about a hundred percent customer satisfied. I like a, everybody uses that shit. Let's be real about yeah. it. hundred percent satisfied. But yeah, but how are you going to really satisfy the customer? The customer ain't satisfied. Just give them back their damn money and move along. Don't yeah. let nobody throw a gear in your ranch and fight for that money. Like this person owes me the money. Fuck it. Just pay them their money back and move the fuck on because that could throw a, you know, a monkey wrench in your gears and it screw up what you got going on. Yeah. It's, it's hard to think some, in some instances to think about that short sided, but you really do have to think long-term like of what's going to cost you to keep fighting. Are they going to leave a negative review? What's that going to take in lost revenue? Like what is all these stuff? So I love, I love the idea of that. Now you're probably standing on like, Hey, these are the things that we promised us things that we did. We did do these things. So there probably has to be some give and take in there a little bit. But now the other thing that I'm always a huge fan of is a quickness speed because speed is a necessity. So a service lead comes in, repair lead comes in, whatever it is. Do you have, do you promote like, Hey, I think I read somewhere like, Hey, well, we have a you know technician there within 60 to 90 minutes, or if it's the same day or next day, you use that as an, as a call to action as well. We use that. We use a 60 to 90 as a call of action, as a promise to our customers that if we get a emergency call, emergency. a same day emergency call, we There's will have shelter. somebody at your doorstep within 60 to 90 minutes. Boom. How do we still do that today? It's just making sure that you have great dispatchers and they understand your culture and they understand that that's priority. And you got to do it because otherwise you gotta fucking do it, you're going to catch it. <laughs> and you got to really define listen, what an emergency had, is. Listen, I've had customers that call us out on the 60 to 90 minutes that we are there at the 91 minute mark. And they'll, 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 they'll send us a picture of the stopwatch that they use. Oh, oh your guy pulled up in 91 minutes and I'm already saying, all right, so. You know, before I used to be a little bit angry about it. Now I know how I, I'm not the one that talks to my customers anymore. I got people that do of course, that, right. but I've trained them well enough to where um, let's give them something for free because that's all they want. Mm -hmm. And let's never have the mentality that that's not our customer. Let's have the mentality that everybody's our customer, right? Let's just see if they're going to choose to do business with us, period, yeah. right? So one of the things that I've taught my managers what to say is I say, we know that we're a right fit for you. You just got to make sure that we're the right fit for you. You got to make sure that we're the ones for you. Right. Yep. So a lot of times the customers will fire themselves from us. I'm curious. One, thanks for sharing that. Um, I yeah. feel like if you can actually pull off speed of service, it's a win. It's a winner. Um, if you can get to somebody quickly because it is a necessity. Um, anytime you can have a guarantee in place, but that guarantee is actually somewhat outlined. So it's not so cliche, you know, like cookie cutter, everybody throws it out there. I think those things are helpful, but, um, you know, you have to also have, you get, it is the dance. Like if you got there 91 minutes, what does that mean? Like, you know, there's that dance you have to have, but I think that if you come in and, and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like this is pretty straightforward. If you come to it, genuinely caring about that customer and what they need in the service. I think a lot of this stuff can also be overcome. There's going to be a few assholes, you know, that are just like, or, you know, they're just trying to get one on you. Um, but I think most say, okay, these guys genuinely care to try and take care of me and they can overlook simple things. Anything, even if you make a mistake, cause we all make them like, you can't say you don't make mistakes. Not everybody gets it right. hundred percent of the time. So what I'm interested to especially know is in LA, Chris, especially oh, in LA, no doubt, bro. Man. Yep. No doubt. Well, and you've got, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's, it's a, like I said, it's arguably one of the hardest markets in the United States of America. Um, but now here's what I want to know. I want to segue because I think we're about 55 minutes in somewhere around there, maybe even close to an hour. It already, huh? Um, is I want to know, um, you've, you've accomplished this great, you know, this, this great residential electrical company, a very reputable electrical company with obviously tons of crazy experience on the way to becoming that. Um, the culture of the company is great. It's a cult, it's a, cult, a culture of caring. It's a culture of second chances, um, you know, and it's a, a culture of, of great customer service. And But you're doing all the right things. Does it feel now like you are in this really good spot to take this thing to yet another level? So I segue into, like, what's next? Like, what's next for Mario? You know, Chris... That's a very good question. So the next step is to grow this. Um, we do have a growth plan in place for this year to grow by 25%, you know, um, fuck yeah, you know, being with Chris, you know, um, let's go. We, 
we are, we are planning to grow this this year. Uh, but personally, what's next for me is, and, and, and let me touch on this for a bit, Chris. Yep. We, me and my wife have been such great cheerful givers because we come from nothing. So we are into giving back to our community, you know, feeding the homeless, homeless, clothing the homeless. And I don't like to use that, that word homeless. Um, it's just, you know, helping others. Uh, last year, we were able to take somebody out of foreclosure that we don't even know who they are, uh, wow. but we did it out of the kindness of our heart and helping other people in need. See, one thing that people fail to, re to, to understand is that we're all fucking human. Yep. And some of us might just need a little bit helping hand, right? Mm -hmm. It's all we need, right? So yep. uh, what's next for me is to be more of a cheerful giver and go out there and try to educate people, try to help them get out of the streets, try to get them out of the drug life. You know, um, anytime I get a chance to talk to a young kid um, that's, you know, going down the wrong path, it's good. Or anytime that I get to have a conversation with, a, with an adult that's having problems, listen, the easiest thing that we can do as human beings is fucking complain. Yep. And complaining ain't going <laughs> to get us fucking nowhere. Right. that. Cool. You know, so I like to motivate it and, 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 and help everybody. And, you know, one of the things I love to do is teach. Um, I guess I was given a gift to teach and I still love to teach and I teach my techs, I teach my staff and we get, we get into this big old zone of, of, uh, the culture and the customer's right and the customer's right. No matter how you twist it, the customer's always going to be right. Cause they're the ones that pay our bills. Yep. So, you know, so one, that's awesome. Um, I love the philanthropic side of what you do. I mean, we talked a little bit about that at the time in this morning. That's what we were talking about on the way to work. Well, it was, um, we're obviously one of our core values at Rhino is giving back. We do it. We do it every, every month. We have a service day. We all shut down the office on a Friday. So if you, Try to reach out to us on Friday afternoon, Mario. You're going to have to text me. Just this Friday. Because <laughs> we're all going to be out yeah, serving Chris, where somewhere. Chris, you at, bro? I need to talk to you. <laughs> you, you, can all, you can always get a hold of us, too. I'll be like, Paul, I need you right Paul, now. Paul, we got you. Paul, I need you. But um, I love that about you. I think it's great. And I think that um, it's super genuine, and you give with that expectation, which is very, which can be difficult to do because you want to give and hope to get something in return. It could be a feeling good. It could be a whatever. Giving with that expectation is difficult, but – um, I love that about you. So what's next for Express Electrical Service? Like we what's have a goal you're trying Express to hit this year? There's there's a goal that we want to hit this year. Um, we want to hit uh, 12 million this year. Um, that's our, our goal. Perfect. Um, and, you know, January started off a little rough, um, not because we were lacking service calls. We We dodged COVID in 2020. But that shit hit us like a fucking storm in 2021. Yeah, closing in. Right? So I have probably about half of my techs out right now with COVID. Got it. You know? So it started off a little rough. But we love a challenge. And we got to push for success. That's right. Right? So how do we do that? We do that by motivating the techs that we have. A lot of our revenue that we've grown has been organically with the same techs. Right? We meet with the techs. We give them a goal. And we tell them, listen, this is just a numbers game. That's all it is. I don't want you to focus in it like it's money because if you just focus, like if it's money, it's going to mentally fuck with you. Right. Just focus it as just a number, right? So um, what's next for Express is, is to be recognized as the number one electrical service company in the, in the LA market. There's one other company that I won't mention on here, but there's no other buddy. There's no there's no other company in the LA market that's as big as myself and another one other company that's out here. You got to make sure you tell me so that way we can go. We yeah, can, can I'll tell you. I'll tell you who it is. Offline, I'll tell you. Uh, of course, that's fine. Battlefield, Battlefield. <laughs> yeah, I love a good competition. Yeah, so, so you know, our, and and our our next step is again to. Um, I don't want to expand our service areas. We're already serving about a sixty five mile radius. Right. Uh, but we're kicking ass, man. Uh, we are one of the companies with the most reviews on Google. Uh, I'm sure you, yep, you probably looked that up oh, already. Yeah. Don't look us up on Yelp because Yelp, Yelp's a devil, brother. <laughs> I don't know, we're man. Trying everything. <laughs> we're trying yeah, right. everything, Paul. Like, if you're a Yelper, Paul, don't don't, don't even talk I'm, to me. I'm, <laughs> I'm not a Yelper, but Does, man, he is a Yelper. You got to own that for sure. Yeah. So so get this. We have a challenge that we set up this year for the company, and 
we sat down with all of our techs and the techs that were quarantined are on Zoom. We, we, we got as many of our, of our field techs and all our staff on a Zoom. Um, and we said that we were going to grab Yelp by the horns this year and that we were going to change it. And this is our goal from a 2.5 star rating for the LA office to a four star rating. And mark my words if I don't do that shit. Yeah. Paul, you and I are going to talk in December. You're going to be like, Mario, how did you get Yelp from a 2.5 to a four star rating? And then I can share with you how we did it. Right. I've been called a lot of things. Being accused of being a Yelper might be the most offensive. <laughs> so. so producer Kyle says we're going to do the follow up live on oh, the podcast. Yeah. Yep. So Mario, I, I want to make sure I say this before we close out. I know it, you know, it's been now decades since you've turned your life around and what an incredible story, but I just want to say congratulations, man. Absolutely. Because Thank you. Um, not on your success now, but the transition you made in the eighties, because I'm sure it still feels like yesterday. And I can only imagine what it feels like to lay your head down on a pillow tonight, knowing you're impacting lives, knowing you're, you turned your life around and it could be so much different. So man, congratulations. Congratulations. Appreciate that, Paul. Thanks, man. I can only imagine. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like yeah. that movie, man. Was, that was a good yeah, movie. Yeah, of course. It's pretty cool. Hey, I want to, I want to finish with this. I'm just going to, and, and one, I, I, Exactly. Like what Paul said, I love a good story like this, man. It's so cool. It could have went completely different. You could have been living a completely different life. And now you're not only living a great life, but impacting many, many others because of it. And I commend you for that, my man. It, it makes me us excited to, you know, to partner with you guys going Chills. into this year. Um, it is actually the, um, the empathetic side of me is like, you know, when I see you get choked up, it chokes, it chokes me up. It's no secret. Yeah. Like my we're eyes are yeah. So, um, but man, I'm, I'm excited to see what this year means for you. I, I 2020 was actually a, an exceptional year for the electrical industry. Um, we have, you know, many electrical customers across the United States, America, Canada, and it was a great year. I think this year is going to be more of the same. Uh, right. So I'm really excited for it, but I want to, I want to leave our listeners with, with just one more quick thing. And I want this to be off the top of your head. Because let's think about it. some of those guys might be you and it was just you like they're just getting started that are really that are techs that just kind of a dream. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> are rolling out on their own and doing their own thing, but don't know shit except how to hustle, like how to get to work, how to do the work, how to go out, get after it and do it. Have no idea what else to do. Um, from your opinion today, knowing what you know today, what are the top, say, three, four, five, three to five best jobs these guys should be looking to get so like hey if i had to get three to four to five different types of leads i'd want them to be this because they're the best for your business i would i would off the top of my head i'd get partial powers um no power panel upgrades and rewires there you go right there you go sure so um again thanks for coming on man thanks for dealing with our technical difficulties i i i would imagine if our listeners wanted to connect with you and ask any questions offline, you'd be welcome to do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I'm an open book, man. That's one thing about me, man. I, I'm an open book, brother. You, you are, and I appreciate that about you. And it's cool you get to share those experience and um, and that you've got this heart for helping and giving. So I appreciate that so much. So what we'll do is, if anybody wants to connect with Mario directly, just reach out to the podcast um, on the Facebook page, Instagram, uh, wherever, and also um, everybody Facts. who left. What's that? Fax me. Oh, I guess you'd also go to the website. Just reach out to Paul directly. His <laughs> cell phone is five five five. Okay, hey, listen. Uh, hopefully, you guys really enjoyed the podcast. Stay with Mario and enjoyed his story. I thought it was worth going really far down the path with his story because it is a feel good story. It's the beginning of the year. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when this podcast is going to air, but today is the 27th of January that we're recording it. Um, but hopefully, you got some good takeaways. And if you're electrical company um and you are trying to figure it out it's okay to ask for help like the whole reason this podcast exists is to be able to share information that others have done successfully to help you move your business forward um but we got to make sure like we always say just as as much as we did in 2020 paul is ambition without action is what it's useless it is absolutely useless mario appreciate your brother thanks chris for having me on paul man thank you man thank you thank you until next time we'll see you